welcome to the Peterborough Podcast. My name's Kev Lawrence and I've been a radio presenter in Peterborough for around about 30 years. And I'm John Baker and I've been a local journalist in Peterborough for not quite as long. When I say I've been a radio presenter in Peterborough for 30 years, it makes me feel so old. Well, I wasn't going to say it. So ancient. You, sitting across from you. With but, my grey uh, hair. Oh, at least you've got some. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have some. Um, so here we are for another episode of the Peterborough Podcast, episode 12. Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, yes. And of course, for each episode, for as long as it takes, we will chat about things going on in and around our city. It's not about holding people to account. We're just honest and relevant and we're very positive uh, positive about our city. And we've got a very busy podcast for today, have we not? We have, yeah. It's uh, featuring some successes for some of our previous guests over the last few weeks and months. So that's quite exciting. News on Central Park and Pride and Armed Forces Day. We're also talking about shoplifting. We've got an exclusive on that for Peterborough City Centre and how it's being dealt with. Look at the journalist in you, all excited about having an exclusive. Yeah, oh, it's, well, it's nice, you know, it's, it's, um, it's yes. It, uh, Shoplifting in Peterborough City Centre is definitely on people's agenda, so it is an important thing that we're going to talk about. We've got a special guest today who is the organiser of the Willow Festival. This is happening in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who's putting it all together is a guy called John Scriven, and he is our special guest. Where shall we start this week? Well, let us start with, should we start with Central Park? Um, so we spoke to Dilraj Kaur a few year, uh, years ago. What am I talking about? It's not that long. Months ago. Crikey. A few few weeks ago, um, and she's part of Peterborough Citizens. And um, their crime and safety team, led by St John Fisher, TDA, NPA, Peterborough College, GPUTC students, Neen Park Trust and Unison, alongside Friends of Central Park, have won a bid to place lighting in Central Park, covert CCTV cameras around Peterborough to make uh, Peterborough safer. So that's a great uh, achievement for them. Of course, um, Citizens hasn't been around that long. It's been around three years. Uh, Their mission to improve our community and and give a voice to communities that may may be not heard. And uh, they're they're young people, identified um, several projects, several strands to get involved with. Um, They've done some great work in terms of mental health within schools with the help of of people, Bristow as well. And this is another great achievement. So can I just come in? So ultimately, what have they achieved? What will the difference be in Central Park in terms of people's safety when they're walking around there? It's one of the main things that was identified was at night, people don't feel safe. Throughout the day, Fine, but at night, on particularly on the periphery, if you like, uh, of the park, sometimes it can feel a little bit unsafe. So this lighting, this stud lighting, I think it is, will brighten it up and hopefully give people a little bit more of an assurance. Uh, the CCTV cameras there, um, possibly the same thing. Um, I know that there's been issues about where you install CCTV cameras in Central Park. A, whether we should have more or less, because it's meant to be a sort of public area, so whether you should have cameras there anyway. And B, where you place them because of all the tree growth, because it grows throughout the year, they grew throughout the year, obviously, and that blocks off the cameras and makes it tricky to establish the angles. Well, it looks like that's all been been worked out and sorted out, and so hopefully, very soon these uh, installations will take place. Okay. 
Covert CCTV cameras, lighting in Central Park, a success for Peterborough citizens. Yes. What's the next story we're going to celebrate in terms of previous guests who've had success? Previous guests. Well, in our last show, we spoke to Teddy the Drag Queen uh, concerning Pride, uh, the Pride Parade and the festival. And it was great. Well, I went there last week. I was also covering Armed Forces Day as well. Another brilliant success. I think last weekend... um, also including charters in that as well. The city centre was as busy as I have seen it in years. Um, really good fun. Um, the, the the music worked really well for the brief period where the Pride Parade came through Cathedral Square while the Armed Forces Day celebrations were taking place. It worked really well. There were, there were no issues. And everyone, you know, we had the weather, which is always a help. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely... A, a superb day also the Wellington Carnival I understand went really well as well um, and yeah great so so Teddy and all the organisers of the Pride Committee in Peterborough should feel feel very proud as should the committee the for the Armed Forces Day as well yeah that was Saturday June 24th and like you mentioned record numbers um, everyone who's ever been involved in putting Pride on I, I know that they're kind of building year on year and year. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Down the road, Cambridge have a massive Pride event, slightly earlier than the Peterborough event. But I think Peterborough's Pride is now very much starting to rival the size, the feel, the scope of Cambridge's Pride. So hats off to Teddy and all of the team who put that on. And as you mentioned, Armed Forces Day, a massive success. Um, we had various guests on PCR on the breakfast show talking about that. And I had, I didn't, wouldn't say call it a concern, but you know, I wondered what the general public's reaction would be to the events that they'd lined up. And by all accounts, nothing but positivity. It was awesome that loads of the Peterborough cadets from various uh, various services were, were kind of acknowledged and were very much part of the celebrations. And all of those singers, all of those performers, I saw a few video clips of it. Clearly, they went down an absolute storm. So pride, tick, Armed Forces Day, tick. Yeah, and it's nice to give a nod to the uh, mega busy Warrington Festival. Uh, not this year, I couldn't go this year, but the year before I went, it's packed. Warrington playing fields, you can't move for people. Like the whole of Warrington comes out for the carnival, the procession, and then all of the entertainment uh, on the fields there. Absolutely fantastic. Were there any other previous guests that we needed to acknowledge? There is, but we will... Save that one. For you save two. one. I'm you save one. Save one. Yes. Save one regarding Peterborough bid. So okay. we'll save that one for part two. Let's um. Let's give a little acknowledgement as well to Rail World Wildlife Haven. So they've recently celebrated. Uh, well, two things actually. Their thirtieth anniversary, and also the fact that they've just opened a new garden railway. Um. I went and did the uh, honours, John. I went. I went and cut the ribbon. I was looking out for you. Where were you? Where were you? Where was I? I Where were you? Hiding in one of the trees nearby, like a little Ewok. Hiding in one of the trains? I wasn't really. No, trees, I said. Yeah, I've had to sort of change it to trains for you because of the train connection. Um, If you've never been before to Rail World, I really urge you to go. I mean, when you just think about it, oh, it's a few trains, mm, oh, and a garden. mm, It just doesn't do it justice. The history behind this place, that 30 years ago was a coal face, a kind of abandoned mine. You know, this this wonderful gentleman bought the land, ended up giving it to Brian Pierce, MBE, who's really took it on. And with an army of volunteers, they've utterly transformed it. It really took me um, by, by surprise. I knew I'd quite enjoy looking at the miniature trains, the miniature railways. 
And I knew I'd kind of quite like the history of hearing a bit of, about New Valley Railway, which, mm-hmm. of course, has its roots as part of this place. But when you actually cross that bridge and get into the wildlife part of it, the, the nature part, part of it, I mean, it's not massive, but it's, it's fairly big. And you kind of walk around and you, they've recycled so much old stuff, gifts from Peterborough City Council, gifts from various train operators. I mean, it was brilliant. And they've created spaces where you can just sort of go and just sit and hear the water trickling down the waterfall. And, and you're like, you're a stone's throw from the city centre. And yet you feel like you're in a forest and it's calming. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's one of those, those. It's a those, great place. Yeah, it's one of those um, almost hidden gems. Hidden isn't gems. It? Because like you say, it's so close to the city centre. It's an easy walk away from obviously the, the railway station. Uh, the army of volunteers that help out so regularly and Brian is such a you know charismatic and likeable person and of course he always pays tribute to the Reverend Richard Payton well quite Richard Richard Payton bought the land originally and and he does very much you know the the man who had the idea in the first place and it's 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 um yep it's it's great to see 30 years great achievement they've had some ups and downs obviously crime at time they've always come back from that yeah always managed to rebuild and it's a lovely and at this time of the year it looks so lovely as well when know. nature is blooming the other thing to i guess to back up what we're saying it's easy to big up a place that you like going to mm-hmm. trip advisor now i haven't got the exact stats in front of me but it's something like they are in the top 10 percent of worldwide attractions mm. in terms of how great their reviews are mm. which just goes to show you when people go there and they can be bothered to jump onto TripAdvisor and, and write a review mm. their reviews are astonishing they also have a, a, a guest book a visitor's book that you can write a little comment or two in and I think that's testament to how great the place is the fact that their reviews are astonishing you mentioned volunteers not only do they have a great little army of volunteers that do all of the work around it but they also invite local businesses to come in and do like team building days where they maybe have a day out the office get stuck into some work and then they go back and they feel great. They've bonded as a team. And in fact, the day I went, there was uh, about 10 people from BGL who all taken a day out of the office because they can sort of sign up for a, a day out of the office to go and do something in the community. And, you know, whether it's gardening, moving stuff about, you know, a little bit labouring, any kind of job. And there's always loads of jobs there that, that needed to be done. Um, as I say, I spoke to some of the BGL guys. I said, you know, how are you feeling about doing this? And they're like, we're loving it. No suit on, you know, gardening mm. gear on your hands and knees, whether it's, let's just say, weeding or, or doing whatever. And, and all of the volunteers who were there from BGL on the day that I visited just said they loved doing it. So massive shout out to Brian Pierce uh, and Bob, who's done a lot of work on this latest garden railway, to Kev Goodacre, who is their kind of publicity officer, and all of the team at Rail World. Keep being brilliant. And thank you for providing such an awesome place for visitors to go to. Right, Kev, should we have a quick chat about the Great Eastern Run as well? The new training runs. Hang about, hang about, hang about. Yep. It's the beginning of July. It is. The Great Eastern Run isn't until October. This is the time to start training, Kev. Um, As an experienced award-winning athlete that you know I am, I know these things, of course. Um, And um, (laughs) what they do is... And they've started doing these a, a few years ago, and now they're back. These great get fit for Great Eastern training evenings. So the first one is on 12th of July. They're held every other Wednesday uh, at the Bushfield Sports Centre. 
And essentially what you do is you go there, seven o'clock start, and you're split into groups. It can be for people who have signed up for the Great Eastern or people who are thinking of signing up for the Great Eastern Run. Uh, and um, they do you do a no, um, sort of a run, some around the track, some heading off, different distances, really to sort of start you off or continue your running, but also it's just a bit of a social event as well. So people jog along and meet new people as they're going round. Uh, and it's great. I went last year um, and uh, spoke to the organiser of the run, Aaron, and uh, he was very positive. Obviously, the run took place back in October, returned after after COVID, went pretty well overall. A few little teething problems. I think they'll be eliminated this year. And yeah, so 12th of July, these Get Fit for Great Eastern training runs, they are really good they motivate you to be in a certain place at a certain time so that you run that evening and i've done the great eastern run three times so i do know what it takes actually to get through it and uh, these sort of little sessions are really handy to do are they fortnightly fortnightly on wednesdays wednesday so 12th of july 26th of july 9th of august and so on until i think it's the 4th of october is the last how one. much nothing foc yeah nothing at all free of charge training yeah sessions. yeah so for instance there are some people, when I went last year, one chap was training for a triathlon, I think it was, and hadn't actually signed up for the Great Eastern Run yet. So he was doing it as a sort of, it's, you know, it's, it's not just about doing that run, which is great. And obviously tens of thousands of pounds, hundreds of thousands of pounds raised for various charities. But it's also about getting people fitter getting peterborough fitter and that's what these evenings are about your physical health is yeah. as important as your mental health any kind of health so yeah anyone who's thinking of signing up for october's event the half marathon through the nice flat streets of peterborough if you fancy considering these fortnightly training sessions to start your journey of getting nice and fit for the half marathon in, in october uh, then sign up where do people sign up for it john uh you can go on to the um Greyston run website which is greateastern.run so that's quite an easy great one to remember great run okay mm-hmm. and i know that i'm sure as the weeks go by we'll be talking more about the half marathon about the great eastern run and aaron and his team from what? good running events are absolutely brilliant so i'm sure that they'll be happy to to see you sign up for the event as well greateastern.run and if he's listening i mean aaron did promise that he would come on as a guest at some point yeah, we'll so i'm going to grab hold of him okay. at some point we'll get into the next few weeks right our guest in a few minutes time is the organizer of the willow festival a massive event for music fans on embankment of course we all enjoyed glastonbury recently who can forget elton john's incredible show-stopping performance to finish off glastonbury so we'll yeah we'll get stuck into our guest john scriven talk to him about what's going on get stuck into our guest that sounds wrong uh, we will chat to, uh, with our guest like a cake or something yeah exactly um about the willow festival but you wanted to spend a few minutes talking about quite a serious issue affecting peterborough city center and that is the issue of shoplifting mm. so what would you like to share about that john so it was recent recent statistics from April uh, by the Office for National Statistics showed that in the past 12 months, shoplifting in Peterborough has increased by 54%. Now, that is a huge amount. Uh, the various uh, circumstances that have been put forward by the police, um, they said they're working with businesses, seeking criminal behaviour orders against prolific individuals to stop them offending etc etc so there's some there's some circumstances but 
What also happened is um, that a shoplifting summit was held recently. Um, various members of organisations came to that, um, businesses across Peterborough. Uh, Peterborough Positive involved. Uh, Paul Bristow, the MP, was also there. Um, and I spoke to Pep Cipriano uh, on the phone yesterday to find out actually what happened. But he's, he's the manager of, of the BID, the Peterborough Business Improvement District, to find out what actually happened in that summit, which was held a few days ago uh, as we're recording. Um, and the exciting piece of news, I guess, from that is that Peterborough have its own dedicated police uh, officer who reports to Pep, so almost as a part of the BID. So this is something new for Peterborough. It were hit this gentleman, the, the officer, um, uh, who has they have found um, this person very local, knows the area, knows a lot of the faces of uh, Peterborough people. He will report to the bid, and he will only cover the levy paying area. That's about four hundred businesses, very very central. I think it's really important, isn't it, that, that these kind of discussions are happening. Um, you know, th- this guy that's only, only going to cover the levy paying area, these 400 businesses. I just wonder what kind of challenges he's going to find. I just wonder if he digs into it all, not just find out what challenges, um, you know, he can find, how big the problem is and, and chatting to all of these shops that are, are, are victims. But what can they then do about it? What powers do they have to do about it? What resources, what time have they got to deal with it? How expensive is it to businesses? Shoplifting, presumably very, mm-hmm. um, but but you know dealing with the, well, the the offenders, understanding the bigger picture, looking into why these people who are offending are offending, and uh, I mean it, it's a it's a big talking point. It, it is a big talking point. There's a number of things to say about that, and um, one is as I've said, uh, he's local. Um, if he's concentrating on this particular. Uh, thing this this aspect of crime, then he will gather a database. Uh, Peterborough Bid has signed up for DISC, uh, and I'm not sure whether you're aware of what that is or not. It's an online, basically information sharing system that a lot of bids around the country use to uh, help reduce low level crime and antisocial behaviour. It's essentially you get an app and it shares a lot of the information within the network about what's going on. Quite instant. Um, you can view galleries of offenders literally online. You can submit reports of incidents online. So that's something that Peterborough has signed up for. And that sounds quite a meaningful thing that might well make a difference. Yeah, it does. And it's something new. And it's something new and innovative. And a lot of bids are doing it. In fact, a lot of bids also across the country have also signed up to get their own police officers. Um, one one thing I would say is that they'll obviously be tackling. They'll get to know local offenders, if you like, but a lot of people that they're gangs that are operating across the country. That will be a real challenge. So presumably, the various bids will will share information across the country as well. Um, I can't help thinking, with regards to shoplifting, that with so much CCTV, covert CCTV. You'd have thought that in itself would would really see levels of shoplifting decreasing, mm. but that's not the case. Well, it it fifty percent up, and and, and um, it's 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 a real challenge, isn't it? It's, it's every it's, shop has CCTV. Yeah, they're, 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 you'd think so, but does every shop have the resources to be constantly monitoring CCTV when there's hundreds thousands of people coming into say Queensgate? 
every day. Well, they don't, do they? And my wife was a victim of shoplifting the other day. She had a mobile phone stolen in Queensgate. Um, that's not shoplifting. That, that's just crime. That's just then. theft from her yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, um, Sorry, I should have said theft. Really. It's, um, yeah, just they t- had an opportunity. Um, I believe they're going through the, the, I believe they've been caught already, the court system. I don't know too much about that, so I can't say it was um, a, a duo who allegedly did it. Um, so it does happen. It's very disappointing. And as you say, they do have CCTV, but that's that constant monitoring of it, isn't it? And it's it's it's, it's a shame. There are areas that we know um, that where there is antisocial behaviour as well in the city centre, and I didn't realise that it's been called this, but apparently the uh, there's um, a part of the area of uh, city centre known as the Frankamanka bench. The bench outside Frankamanka, a lot of people uh, are there late at night uh, doing antisocial things, and I didn't know that that was so. The um, people who run Frankamanka will definitely be talking to this police officer when he's once he's employed very early on to try and see if anything can be done about that. I mean, I've been through Cathedral Square late at night uh, when it when it's getting starting to die down a bit, you know, sort of 10, 11 o'clock, and you do see, you know, certain things going on there. Um, so that's another aspect of it as well. I mean, Pep himself, when I spoke to him, he said, you know, as a, no, shying away from his role in bid, he said as a taxpayer, he's delighted that this is happening, that this officer is coming in and um, some of the work that the, the bid have been doing for example you might have noticed on Cowgate a lot of the graffiti has been disappearing and that's because it's constantly being repainted over and now they've just stopped doing it the offenders seem to have just stopped doing it um, so that's something warn them down warn them down and yeah. they've got I mean you know the, the, the problem is that obviously they might have dispersed and gone to elsewhere to just do the graffiti elsewhere but it is a step in the right direction so that's my little bit of news. Uh, let's hope that it has the effect. Let's hope that it reduces theft, shoplifting, and other antisocial behaviour. Uh, we still have cyclists bombing along Bridge Street when they shouldn't be. I nearly got hit by one the other day. Uh, gave him a, a, a stern word. I won't say what that word was. Um, and things always happen to you, John. Oh yes, things. I'm a always magnet. I'm a. I know. I know. I know. I. 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 They. They pick on the little ones, Kev. That's what it is. It's bullying. I don't think it is that. I think it's just that. I think it's maybe because I'm quite. I don't know. I like. I, I remember things and I report them to people. Your eyes are open to the world around you. There's mm-hmm. nothing you don't notice. It's the journalist inside you. Um, but no, I'm very interested to hear all about this. And 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 certainly, I don't know. I don't own a business in the city centre, but if I did and the stock that I was trying to sell to make a living, to pay my bills, kept getting stolen by criminals Mm -hmm. who choose to come and steal stuff without paying for it. I mean, I can't imagine how awful that would be, particularly for a small business, Mm -hmm. a small business who are struggling. So, you know, to have this officer incoming that you mentioned that's going to be you know, dedicated to try and help eradicate the problem, um, we're going to follow that with interest. And let's hope that they get the right resource, they get the right powers to deal with it, and they're the right person in, in the role so that they can make a difference and hopefully see these shoplifting stats decrease rather than increase. Yeah. Well, that's got to be the aim, hasn't it? That's got that's got to be the whole point of it, and it's got to, uh, you know, a byproduct of that will be that hopefully it brings more people to do their shopping in Queensgate, uh, Cathedral Square, uh, etc., the city centre, because 
you look on social media and you always get comments about Peterborough or some people don't feel safe and you know you see certain types of people um, lingering around I mean I didn't tell you what another thing that happened to me the other day what's that very briefly um, somebody threw a can of beer at me um, I was just walking along along Broadway and somebody sitting on um, on the steps of the new theatre just chucked a can of beer half full at me and um, I picked it up and put it in the dustbin and again I addressed him quite quite politely it wasn't polite and uh, moved on in my way. This is the sort of thing that people remember, and um, that's the sort of thing that we want stamped out in the city centre. Okay, we move on. It's now time for our guest. John Scriven is the organiser of the Willow Festival for 2023, this famous Peterborough Music Festival that's back. Hello, John. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Um, Good to welcome you to our peterborough podcast it's myself and and john baker here let's just start at the beginning the willow festival has such heritage such history in peterborough what were your early memories of the willow festival john ironically we only saw the last one in 2014 um we moved to peterborough um the back end of 2013 after traveling the country doing what we do in the um, hospitality industry and uh through a lot of talking and networking, we ended up um, at the festival uh, in 2014, and we loved it. You know, we saw so many different people coming together, enjoying the entertainment and what was an amazing uh, spectacle to put on for the city. And um, that was our memory, loving every single minute of it. There's something about live music, isn't there? There's something about being at a gig. I and mean, of course, Glastonbury recently, I didn't go, but I was watching it on TV. The, the energy of being in front of a fantastic artist on stage who's clearly spent time writing that track, recording that track, and then that third part of being an entertainer, being in a band, performing it. And it's, the, I guess, the, the performing of great music, loud and live, that, that just brings such energy and such excitement for, for people who like going to live gigs. 100%. It's like a, a British culture these days. You know, we have cider, queuing, um, you know, and one of those things is, is music festivals and live music, um, especially when the you know the sun turns in sort of May June time, and everybody starts getting the fever for coming to live music events. And this is why we're so excited because the amount of talk that's going on in the city about the excitement for the build-up of this festival. Well, let's um, pick up on really, that really talk excited. then. Um, describe to us a little bit about what the weekend is going to look like. I know it's across three days. You've got a lot of stages and a lot of bands. Give give us a flavour of what the returning Willow Festival is going to look and feel like, John? Yeah, yeah. so we're going to keep the ethos the same as before. Um, seven stages um, hosting 176 live music acts, uh, majority of which are all unsigned, um, wanting to showcase their work and their passion. It's across three days, the 21st to the 23rd of July. Um, it's only £10 a ticket in advance for the whole weekend. And not only that, we're putting on a lot of attractions and entertainment for families, kids, uh, for all ages. And along with other elements such as um, a record fair, we're putting on, uh, there's a crazy golf competition going to go on. There's all sorts of things to to get the whole community together because there's going to be something for everybody there. 
Um, hello, John. Nice to speak to you. Um, can I ask about the, the the background to it? About how you decided that you wanted to bring the Willow Festival back? That must have been quite an undertaking to to, to plan for that. And when did you come up with the idea to 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 bring it back to Peterborough? So. Um, obviously, when I was working in the hospitality industry, I was working in um, nightclubs, predominantly 28 of them across the country uh, over a span of 16 years. Loved every minute of it. You know, you, when you see the crescendos on a Saturday night, everyone having a really good time, and it, it gave me a buzz. And when, obviously, when you get over the hill a little bit and you have different priorities and responsibilities, I had to come out of the live music, uh, sorry, the uh, late night entertainment industry. But I still had that buzz and that craze. And seeing the festival in 2014, it brought back that buzz for me to see you know, so many people enjoying the stages and the entertainment and having a really good time. And, you know, it was such a shame that it didn't happen in 2015 and 2016 for different reasons. And it sort of fell by the wayside. And, you know, my, you know what I do now, I work at a lot of outdoor events around the country again uh, every season. And I love it every minute of it. So I had a couple of brief conversations with different people about wanting to do something for the city. And um, obviously, worldwide events, I'm sure we all know about them, over the past few years has, has kind of put a bit a scupper on that, you know, risk factor and health factor and everything else. And now we've come out of the, the other side of it. You know, um, I came to uh, the original organiser, the founder of the Willow Festival, and discussed with him over a beer about my wishes to um, relaunch it, you know, re revitalise the, the live music scene in the city. Um, and from there, it's, it's snowballed, really. So, yeah, yeah, here we are. This is uh, Mark Ringer, correct? It is, yes. Yes, it is, yeah. And he's got no wish to sort of stand alongside you and, and kind of drive it forward? Is he, is he in the background a little bit? What, what's the story? No, he... He said to me when we when we sat down. I mean, obviously, we had the conversation about it and me, about me wanting to do it. He showed a little bit of interest, but I didn't see the flame in his eyes. He wanted it to come back, obviously, because it was something that he was proud of that he, what he achieved in the city. Um, he, he just said he just wants to retire and enjoy his lifestyle now. Um, obviously, he's going to be a part of it where he's playing in a few of the, the bands that are playing, uh, and he just wants to come down and enjoy the, the festival as a customer because. When you work these events, you tend to not enjoy it <laughs> in a way. You know, there's, there's so much, so many elements to, to worry about and, and be responsible for. You have to be on edge from the day you, you arrive on site to build until the last um, piece of infrastructure leaves, you know, two days after the festival. So he wanted to enjoy it from a customer's perspective, you know, play with the bands and, and mingle in that respect with all his friends and things rather than being stressed out over, over the course of the weekend. And it John, is there a, a big you know, risk involved in putting on the Willow Festival? I can't imagine it's cheap to, to book all the bands, to book all the infrastructure. And I know that there is a small charge this time round, but it, it still strikes me as an enormous risk. Everything has a risk. You know, get up in the morning across the road is a risk. Um, this is a risk that I've thought about long and hard over the past four or five years. And, you know, this risk is worth it for the potential outcome for the city. Um, you know, for us to be able to bring the whole live music community together to to pull that whole industry forward. You know, you've seen in, in the press, you know, the, the, the live music venues and 
bars and clubs are, are struggling, not just because of costs of living and, and energy bills, but dropping footfall. You know, for us to, you know, the reason why I'm, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is is to make the, the Willow Festival a foundation to build on, um, for people to really energise again about the industry. And this is why we've, we've launched the Live Music Initiative, where we've nominated seven um, bars, sorry, so the seven stages after seven live music venues around the city. It gives them exposure, it showcases them, we're inviting them down to meet all the artists with a view to look at more future gigs and, and other bits and pieces, and we're, we're helping them promote, and we're looking at fringe events for the future. We just want people to come out of their houses a bit more. I know, obviously, there's pressures with finances and everything else, but the whole part of living is enjoyment, and you know, music is a, a staple part of everybody's upbringing and lifestyles. Um, get people out of their houses to enjoy what this city can offer. Um, you know, and, and push it on from there and hopefully develop it into something that's a real cultural hub that you see in other cities like sort of, you know, Brighton, Birmingham, Manchester. They have these real good cultural hubs where people really do embrace uh, the offerings that are put on for them. John, and there's I, a lot to unpick there. That's really interesting. John and I, both of our eyes are, are going up. John, you can get a <laughs> comment from you on this. This is, this is a really important point that I think this john's making the idea to get people out to get people engaging with artists again is super important and i think it's super important for two reasons or there are two elements to this number one you want to socialize with friends you want to get that feeling of live music and and you know to go to an event like this you've got to travel miles but here's a massive musical event on our doorstep and the second point that i wanted to make is the fact that there are many many bands young musicians who are going to get the chance to jump on one of these stages to perform their stuff. So it's going to really boost, I would imagine, young people, young people's interests in playing musical instruments and in performing. Yeah, and also Beautiful. visiting yeah. as well. So, for instance, my, my daughter's come in. She's uh, nine years old by then, uh, and she's really looking forward to it. I've explained to her what it is and how good it was when we had that in Peterborough, you know, a few years ago or so. We've also got friends from London come in who are really looking forward to it as well. I think it's really interesting that there the looks to be other additions that you've just mentioned there, John, as well. Other sort of side offerings, events that will will, will span uh, from it as well. Um, I think it's yeah, it shows the importance of family friendly events as well within Peterborough or anywhere, in fact. And um, I, I guess that's something that you're looking forward to as well. Well, John, seeing a sort of younger generation as well of people visiting and performing. Hundred percent. I mean, you know, we want to make this a really inclusive event for everybody. And you know, coming back to the point about the live music and the, the, the artists as well, the likes of the Beatles—they started in a small venue, um, Oasis, Snow Patrols, everybody else that's big on the stage and famous people—they started somewhere, and they, they've got to start somewhere again. So we need to, you know, uh, really uh, motivate the, the, the next generation of people that are budding musicians that really want to get involved and for us to be able to do this festival to create a showpiece for them to have that opportunity in maybe a couple of years time um it boosts their confidence it gives them a target of what they want to achieve and it can get their name out there and, and that's the whole point of the willow festival is, is to celebrate the opportunities of music so coming back to this point you know this is the reason why we've created the music hub on the site, which is effectively a whole area uh, featuring different musical bodies around the city 
musical tutors, whether it be singing, instrumental, or whatever it is, they're all coming down during the daytimes on the Saturday and Sunday for kids, you know, families to go in there, try their hand at an instrument or have a chat with somebody in a musical body to, to see if, if music is for them. You know, if, if they want to take it up, A, as a hobby, because music is an amazing hobby for people because it's good for them, you know, physical and mental well-being. But there's other people that really want to get into the music industry. And it may not be a case of creating music or performing it, but helping produce it or, or being involved in some aspect of the music industry. So this is why we've put this on as well, with a long-term strategy to hopefully really boost the uh, creative talents that can come through, potentially. Um, you know, I've, I've got a son who's um, in primary school and opportunities to do anything creative in terms of music or theatrical is really, really slim. And I'm not obviously belittling the, the education system here um, because obviously it's not a, a top priority. But to have this as a, a side uh, project where parents can actually do after-school tuition um, for their kids or whatever to really develop them as a person, as a you know, as a, something for them for the future, is a, is a really good opportunity for them. Right. In a minute, I want us all to answer the question: What is the best ever live gig that we can all remember? So just start pondering that one, well, that John. Um, I just wondered about numbers. How many yep. people do you think will attend the Willow Festival in Peterborough on Embankment across July twenty first, twenty second, twenty third? What numbers are you going to go for? So obviously, going back to the history and nostalgic elements, you know, the, I think it was twenty thirteen. Is before I arrived in Peterborough. I had reports of 82,000 people going through the gates over the course of the weekend. 2014, when we were there, it had 52,000 people, and that was only because the, the rain was, um, sort of put the dampeners on on the Sunday. You know, we when we launched this, we, we were very um, realistic. We're not going to sort of um, aim for the stars, but, you know, if we, if we can have 30,000, 40,000 coming through the gates to enjoy the, the event over the course of the weekend then I think that's a very good win for year one, um, you know, with a, with a bid to look at developing for years two, three, four. Well, I really hope that happens. You know, I don't want to crush this idea, but I want to be real about it. Yeah, cool. The Crescent Theatre, the New Theatre, um, the Key Theatre, they often put acts on, bands on. Shalimar played recently. It wasn't a sellout. Um, yeah. You know, they're an 80s band, you know, but lots of theatres that have a capacity of around a thousand put on, putting on fairly decent names quite often don't sell out. So I do think there is a little bit of an apathy in the city. But I guess, John, just going back to one of your earlier points, that's what you're trying to change. You're trying to drag people out again. Yeah, I mean, it's not a case of dragging them out. I mean, obviously, we understand, you know, we're, we're in the same boat. We're, we're a young family ourselves. Peterborough, you know, if you look at the demographic of Peterborough, there's a lot of young families. And with the cost of living and every every other factor that's going on around the world right now, you know, priorities are not going out to enjoy entertainment. When it, it, People's mentality just tends to change in the summer, you know, when it comes to an outdoor event. It's, a, it's an opportunity for everybody to come together uh, really enjoy, soak up the sun and enjoy the festivities and we put so much on onto the field in, you know, and so many different dimensions of attractions and entertainment that there's like I said there's something for everybody rather than going down one route genre of music where you you're appealing to that one genre of demographic we have um, appeals in my view to pretty much everybody you know there's every single type of genre of music that you can think of performing there's uh, 
musical artists from out of town, from Scotland, Wales, the Northwest, London, the Southwest, everywhere coming as well. So it's not a case where you see the, the same uh, musical artist playing every single week in the same venue. This is uh, a whole opportunity to see something new each day of the festival. Um, it's a ch- an opportunity for people to discover. This is the other thing that I, I think I mentioned to somebody the other day, that the, the festival is all about discovery for me as well. You know, everyone goes into an event knowing exactly what they like in terms of genre, uh, what they like in terms of music, what they like in terms of experience. But because the West uh, Willow Festival is putting on so many different types of attractions and entertainment, it's an opportunity for people to actually, if they've got a bit of a downtime for half an hour, go to another random stage that, of a band they've never heard of, of a genre they've never heard of, or never even given a chance to enjoy it, to discover it. You know, if it's not for them, fair enough, but it's a chance because it's there. You know, you, you, there's no extra commitment from these people to go and see this. They're on the field. I think that's anyway. going to be the joy of this festival. All of the different genres of music are being covered stage by stage by stage. Listen, we're kind of out of time now, John, but it's been brilliant to talk to you. We do need to answer the question. John, you go first. John Baker, you go first. Favourite ever live musical act that you've seen? Uh, I think it would be Green Day at the Emirates Stadium, although I will give a second answer as well. I did see one of Oasis's last ever gigs in 2009 at the Rico Arena, as it was there, Uh Big stadiums, obviously. Let's pick one. Oasis or Green Day? Green Day. Okay. John Scriven? It's very hard to say that there's three favourites of mine. One was Block Party up in Blackpool, uh, uh, the Winter Gardens up there. Amazing little gig. One of my favourite bands. Um, Snow Patrol at the Sheffield Bowl. Once again, an amazing band of mine and experiences. One of my first gigs I ever went to, funny enough. And the third one was seeing uh, Chasing Status, different genre of music, obviously, a little more electronic, Chasing Status in a, in, a, in a nightclub a few years back as well. So uh, my best one is probably Block Party, to be fair. I thought it was a really cool gig, really nice close encounter. It was really cool. Excellent. I've been to so many, and it's really hard to just pick one, isn't it? I was it is. Say, it is. Age, what, Mozart, is it? Or... Thank you, John. <laughs> the one I'm going to go for, The Specials. Oh, cool. I saw The nice. Specials play live twice way 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 back in the day yeah and again when they reformed i forget the year but terry hall is one of my musical heroes terry hall is just to me an absolute icon an absolute legend and i can't i couldn't believe it when he passed away and the the the, obviously the testimonials about his life fairly recently yeah Yeah. show that and of course coventry coventry connection uh yeah john's a coventry fan um right let's go back to this event just to finish off would you yep. uh, john like to share with us details of the website and and how to buy tickets how much tickets are etc yeah yeah so all the information that anyone's ever going to need is on the website we have an faqs you know frequently asked questions page um where we do tend to get me- random messages of people asking questions all the answers are on that page for them as well the website is www.thewillowfestival.co.uk um through there, you can purchase your tickets. You can also find out information about all the bands that are being booked with their biographies uh, and links to their pages as well, because obviously they, they gig around the, around the area as well. So if they want to go and see them at another gig, go and look up their, their contact details through their social media pages, everything else. Um, the Willow Festival, we are charging only £10 in advance for a ticket, and that covers the whole weekend. It'll be an e-ticket uh, where it comes through to your phone, we scanned on the front door, and you're given then a, a, a nice uh, branded fabric wristband to wear throughout the weekend. Uh, 
Um, we do advise everybody getting advanced tickets. There is likely to be an allocation of daily tickets on the gate. But like I say, we advise everybody getting advanced tickets to ensure they are guaranteed entry. Fantastic. Really appreciated uh, your time today. Thank you for joining us. John Scriven, organiser of the Willow Festival, July 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And it's thewillowfestival.co.uk for that website. Thank you for joining us, John. No, thank you very much. Have a good day. So John Scriven. And that more or less brings to an end the latest Peterborough podcast. Thank you for listening. Any closing comments? Yeah, I just want to say that obviously uh, we take highlights from our podcast. I put a lot of those clips on Instagram and TikTok. If you search for FYI Peterborough, you will find a lot of the clips, little snippets, little bits and pieces that you can share because we're always trying to get more people to listen. Um, we get re- some crazy figures on there. Some of those videos have been seen sort of several thousand times. So really happy with that. Really happy with the support of everybody uh, who is listening to this and wants to get involved. And, of course, if you've got an interesting story, get in touch with us at your email address, Kevin, which is... Yep, you can email kev at PCRFM. .co.uk and those little Instagram videos and TikTok videos that they're they're very good and you that's your area of expertise John but any other Peterborough story that we can cover on the Peterborough podcast do get in touch that's it for this episode thank you for listening in download and share and do whatever you got to like, do with podcasts yeah. yeah click like and we will see you next time